Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it is your boy, Stevie Jobber. And it's your boy, Dangerous Duke. And welcome back to the Dangerous Drivers Podcast, putting wrestling over one podcast at a time. And you know this. All right, man. We got a lot to get to. Uh, Switched up the routine for this week. WWE is actually getting a little bit more time. Uh, and, And last pod was a stretch. We covered, what, seven shows in a pod? Yeah. Yeah. Seven, seven different promotions. And we kept it uh, somehow still just just a little above an hour and a half, man. So let's see where we land today. Um, Let's start with the wrestler of the pod, as always. Sounds good. Uh, I got the wrestler of the pod this week. And this guy is kind of a crazy mofo if you are a fan of that type of wrestling. Wrestler of the pod this week is... Eric Ryan, uh, the self-proclaimed king of the death match. Mm. So him and Nick Gage might have a little bit of might have a little bit of beef there. Uh, calls himself the demonic disciple. He's a former CZW tag champion, a former uh, AIW heavyweight champion. He debuted in 2007, went and did a whole new, you know, look shaved his head, grew out the beard, and then just became this demonic disciple. Uh, great grappler. You guys got to check him out if you haven't. Eric Ryan, wrestler of the pod this week. All right, man. Shout out to Eric Ryan. Uh, oh, and uh, while we're doing this, for anybody who's listening that doesn't already know, um, the Dangerous Drivers website is officially up. Um if you check out the Twitter or um, my bio, it'll be in there. It'll be uh, right in the description. Um, go check it out. You can Google it. It's just Dangerous Jobbers website. Um, very easy. No uh, complicated spelling or anything like that. Yeah. And also, if you guys have us on Instagram, it's in our link tree as well. I went ahead and I put it in our link tree. So if you have us on Instagram and you want to check out the website, just go right to our Instagram page. The link tree is in the bio. You just click that and go to Dangerous Jobbers, Dangerous Jobbers website, and it'll just take you right over there, and you can see all that cool stuff. Um, but, yeah, shout-out to Eric Ryan. Uh, that should be a direct link to him getting in the GCW, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, if he does all them crazy matches like that, I think him and Nick Gage could definitely do something crazy over there in the uh, the GCW world. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, he was on the PWI uh, Top 500, but I can't remember what number he was exactly. So I'm going to have to go back and uh, check that out, uh, what number he fell at. Yeah, man. You know, the, the, the actual – magazine doesn't even come out until december um yeah and then i think in january they're doing the women's 150 and we'll probably pod about that one too because now it's from 100 to 150 and we'll we'll have to do another one for that yeah um, i'm actually i'm glad that they moved it up too i'm glad that they took it from 100 to 150 yeah man yeah eventually um we'll have we'll have enough 
enough relevant women and uh the way the women's independent revolution is going <laughs> to yeah. really have um probably 200 by the third year they do this so um, yeah ho- hopefully it just keeps growing and growing because right now the female talent as it stands and the other promotions are doing some pretty phenomenal things yeah, but when the magazine comes out in December, I'll probably buy it and find uh, where all the wrestlers of the pod are. Yeah. They're trying to update their bios on the website. Um, but moving on from the wrestler of the pod, man, we got some we got some indie news. Yeah, um, so I'm going to start with, we're going to start it off with Impact this week. And since we were just talking about, you know, uh, a resurgence in women's wrestling from other promotions, that was a great segue into Impact because, as you guys should know, uh, hardcore country Mickey James is the new TNA Impact Knockouts Women's Champion. Mm-hmm. And she came out, she cut her promo, and she talked about all the pillars of Impact. You know, your Gail Kims, your Awesome Kongs, your Mickey Jameses, and stuff like that, and how she wants to be a fighting champion doing the noble thing as she should Mm. um, only to come out and be interrupted by Madison rain, who I didn't realize until I looked at her resume, she has a pretty stacked impact resume. Yeah. It's, it's, it's easy to overlook, uh, especially for us only because in the era that we were seeing Madison rain um, in the like high TNA era, Madison Rain was coming in as a as a new person. She was like a third member of the Beautiful People, and it took a while to get some getting used to because it felt like third wheeling for a while, and she wasn't really heavily credited until she got out of the Beautiful People. Um, so it's easy for us like there were more fans in the two thousands to overlook, but Madison Rain has came a long way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't even realize she was a five-time uh knockouts champion. Yep. Like yep. she's got she's she's over Mickey James on that one. Yeah, yeah. She Uh-oh. really helped carry it into a new uh kind of era. Sadly yeah. when we weren't watching as much, but still. Yeah, I mean, but she could still hold that up. She could still hold that in her resume. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. now they're gonna I guess this is going to be Mickey's first title feud because Madison and Mickey James are now having a match for the knockouts championship. I felt like it was a good start. Go go ahead. No, no, you can go. Go ahead. I was going to say, I felt like it was a good, it's a good start. Like it's a good place for them to start uh, Mickey James's reign. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't feel strongly about Madison reign. Um, standing a chance, but I think it's a very strong feud to start with. I was going to say, I'm kind of surprised that they're not bringing uh, Deanna back in and having her do something with Deanna again. But it's not a terrible idea to bring Madison Rain in and give Madison Rain a go because, mm-hmm. I mean, she's a little older, but then again, so is Mickey James. And mm-hmm. Mickey's showing right now that even being slightly older than, you know, most of the talent on the roster, she can still go with everybody on the roster. And it's probably better than about 90% of the people on the roster. Mm. 
which isn't which isn't a slight to the roster because they got a good roster. Mm-hmm. That ten percent is a is a tough ten percent though. Yeah, yeah. I will say. So I mean, it's not a terrible idea to have her and Madison go at it. Just not somebody I would have personally picked, but mm-hmm. still still gonna be a good one regardless. I probably would have did it a little later down the line. Well, um, I see it this way. Um, while I'm surprised that Deanna Perrazzo, um didn't immediately show back up, I kind of get it because Deanna we, and we spoke we speak very highly of Deanna Perrazzo. Mm-hmm. So Deanna being at the place that she is, where she's kind of at the top of independent women's wrestling outside of AEW. It would make sense that after Deanna Perrazzo drops the title that she disappears because it almost becomes a thing of, well, if Mickey can continuously beat Deanna and Deanna beforehand, uh, you couldn't really see her losing to anybody. It puts Mickey James in a light where she's um, at Deanna Perrazzo's level, which uh, before it was thought to be an unbeatable level. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you have Deanna Perrazzo take some time away, it takes some of that aesthetic off of Mickey James and it lets her become more believable as... as a talent that could possibly be beaten if you, okay. if that makes sense yeah 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 like she seemed it like um diana perrazzo versus madison rain easily is diana perrazzo yeah and if we keep having this thing where diana perrazzo and mickey james are at the same level um because she's beaten her multiple times then it seems like well nobody can beat mickey james now okay so Deanna Perrazzo is away and you start Mickey James with somebody that's kind of from her era. It paints her in a more beatable light, which is not yeah, a okay. bad thing when you have a new champion. You want yeah. them to feel like they're at the top, but they're not untouchable. Yeah, you, you, you don't want them feeling like Undertaker at Mania. Exactly. Okay, okay. I can, I, I could, I could accept that argument. Yeah, that that that's an argument I can accept. Um, also on impact, I know last week we said, "Damn it, just Moose doing Moose things and messing up the uh, Josh Alexander title win." Mm-hmm. But this week, Moose seemed to do more Moose things and cut a promo on literally everyone. And when I say everyone, I'm talking Roman Reigns, I'm talking Bobby Lashley, talking New Day, Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, Charlotte, the Elite. I'm pretty sure he got everybody that was a big name or being talked about right now in wrestling. Yeah, he kind of he kind of threw a shot out there at everybody, Uh, men and women included, which I think was a great part about it. And he owned up to his his dastardly deeds. Um, He said he he 
stole the moment. He stole everything Josh Alexander worked for, which is mm-hmm. true. He worked, true. He worked his whole his whole life for that intimate championship win, boyhood dream, wife and kids moment, and just stole it right from under him. Yep. Um, and then he proceeded to. You know what? I I get it. Like I can't even knock Moose now. Like yeah. Like his that promo for me, it it put him over the edge. Like it was taking a while for Moose to really grow on me. I was still sliding him at the last Slam anniversary where he was like uh, a stand-in for somebody else's match, and it just I never really. You know, and then the God's gift of wrestling thing. It felt very JBL, but mm-hmm. I get it. I get it's very Triple H esque. <laughs> like it's like uh, he's just he's he's just focused. Like he just yeah. he knows he's a terrible person, but it is what it is. Like I'm I'm here to be I'm here to be champion, and I know what I have to do. You know and. Uh, and honestly, for the last few years that Moose has been an impact, he's been a champ, but he hasn't really been like um, like a number one. Yeah. Like yeah. He's, he's had a deal with McIntyre. Like he was a champ, but he had a deal with McIntyre. Mm-hmm. He was a champ, but he had a deal with Bobby Lashley. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's been people bouncing in and out of impact. And now that, you know, most of the people are done, he can actually be the number one. And I know, I know we say all the time, damn moose and his moose things, but I'm kind of intrigued to see how he does. Like I want to see how he is as like a solid number one guy for them. Yeah. This, this promo really puts him at a level now. Yeah. Cause you know, he can go in the ring. I think the biggest problem we always had with him, or at least myself, was if he could talk or not because he's he's one of those people that has like the um like the lisp mm-hmm. and and that's messed up so many people like that messed up cody for a while so he learned how to get over it yeah. that was one of the things that messed up hager you know Pete, you got these blue chip guys that are that can actually wrestle but then they can't really talk because they have like a a slight speech impediment or a lisp mm-hmm. and it, it sounds like they're talking like this so mm-hmm. I mean, the, the promo he cut, you could still hear it. Yeah, but yeah. He, it was a great promo. If he can talk like that, like the here, because here's the interesting thing, right? Um, that promo is so good that you overlook the lisp. Yeah. If he can deliver promos like that, like Bobby, Bobby Lashley wishes he could, he could have promos that are that well written yeah um but bobby has the advantage of not having that list he speaks so clearly mm-hmm. um that he doesn't have to you know what i mean yeah. moose almost has to work harder to deliver these kinds of promos um, yeah. on top of his in-ring work it has to be really cri- really crisp because now on the mic he can't um be as he he can't be as um naturally gifted as other people yeah and, and um, it's not a it's, it's not a knock to him that you know he, he can't control that but no not at all if anything it's it, a credit yeah so i mean it, it's just it just shows the work he's putting in is paying off mm. 
I think I think for me the thing about Moose was that he never he never really seemed to have as much credibility as he kept putting out there. Yeah. Like, he held himself to such a high regard. And and even still, like to his character's credit, even still you could argue that he hasn't beaten all the people that he really needs to be cleanly to be at the level that he's at. But isn't that like the perfect story of a heel? To yeah. somehow be at the top of the mountain without doing any credible work at all. Like that's, yeah. that's yeah, really that, heels work. Yeah, that, that, yeah that, that, if you can do that, then that's basically good storytelling right there and, and good writing. Exactly. So, so even though my knock to Moose was always felt like he never had big enough matches for him to be calling himself some of the things that he was calling himself. Like JBL called himself uh, um, a wrestling god, but JBL was also in there with some of the, the greatest wrestlers of all time. Moose yeah. never seemed like he was in the main event, um, the big money matches that he should have been in to call himself a wrestling god. And yet somehow I'm, I'm able to get over that and believe him as the face of impact just based off character work and promo yeah but it does it does now put him like i said it puts him at a level where now he needs to have these these matches that i've been saying he hasn't had Mm -hmm. but hopefully that promo puts him at that place you know what i mean now those people are looking to get in the ring with him Because it has to be more than Josh Alexander now. Like he needs mm-hmm. bigger names. Yeah, and and they got people over there that they can work with. Like you know, him and Josh are gonna wind up doing something. But then you also got people like Eddie Edwards. You also got people. Matt Cardona's over there. Matt Cardona mm-hmm. still wants a piece of him. Like there, there's people over there that he can go with. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of you know booking it and making it happen the right way. Yeah, but I want to I want to see more than that. I want to see more than the top impact names. Like you called out a lot of people from a lot of places. Oh, oh, you mean like through the forbidden door? I mean, like now you have to you have to stand beside some of these people mm-hmm. that would give you the credit. Like we've been like Eddie Edwards, not for nothing, even though Eddie Edwards is amazing and he's been like a very big face in impact him and Eddie Edwards have had interactions. Mm-hmm. I need you to go one-on-one with Christian and beat him clean now. Yeah. You know, aside from the Josh Alexander thing, because, you know, that's got to be prolonged and they got to do that right and whatever. I want to see you go up against uh, Suzuki and win. I want to see you, I want to see you dominate some of these people. Like, I was going to say, I was going to say a good one would be Switchblade. Yeah. Or yeah. maybe even, or maybe even Chris Bay. Yeah, yeah. Even if you lose the Switchblade, if you can, if you can dominate Chris Bay, and then get yeah. Switchblade in a main event, then I I can have a little bit more. You know what I mean? You can put a little bit more credit to your name, because even though you lost, if you if you have a knockdown drag out with Jay White, you know what I mean? That's nothing but a credit to you. Yeah, and Jay White can make him look even better than he does. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm kind of excited, man. I I want to I want to see more moose things now. I gotta say that I, I, <laughs> I, I want to. Yeah, we need more moose things from Impact. Definitely. Um. So we're gonna jump to something else. This is just gonna be a quick jump. Um. 
if you guys don't know, Ring of Honor is going on a hiatus in April. And starting at the beginning of the year, they're releasing every single person from their roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not going to get too deep into this. We were just letting you guys know because this is actually going to be our episode next week with our special guest, D the Toy Hunter, who was on our 50th episode. So the three of us, we're going to sit down and we're going to have a special edition pod discussing the future of Ring of Honor and what all this means potentially. Yeah. So that was just a quick nugget I was dropping in. Ring of Honor had their mass releasings next week. That'll be our episode. We'll be discussing everything and where, you know, Ring of Honor goes from here. Uh, So now with that, we're going to jump into... We're going to jump into AEW. Bro, Britt Baker and Abaddon lit the fucking house on fire in that match. I mean, this was this was a Halloween kind of match. Like, uh, and very, very big credit to Abaddon, man. Like, she's been her for so long, but... It's, it's things like these big stage moments. And shout out to Britt Baker for being the face of AEW women's division. Like, mm-hmm. she has been not for nothing. Like, we may have doubted her a lot in the beginning. Yeah. But she has been the, She's delivered. the utmost face. Like, she has been the best at just creating memorable, amazing moments with mm-hmm. anybody she's in there with. Like, when they... When they give her the green light to deliver a classic, she knocks it down every time. Um, but yeah, Abaddon has been Abaddon for a while, but it takes matches like these to really cement your name and what you do out here. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, and a credit to, again, the the indie women's uh, revolution, or not, I mean, not even revolution, really. The, the spotlight. The showcasing, yeah. The showcasing. Because um, the street fights, the thumbtacks, like the lengths to which they went to in this match is a real credit to how good they are. I got to give credit to, I got to give a little credit to Tony too, because as much shit as people like to give Tony for bringing in anybody and signing anybody, he doesn't really show favorites. Like, like he might show favoritism in this, in the sense of like, you know, I really want this guy. I got to bring him in. I got to do what I can to get them. Yeah. But I mean, like booking wise, he really doesn't show. Fa- he really doesn't have favoritism when it comes to booking because he showcases as much as he physically can with all the people that he has. Yeah. Yeah. And every and everyone gets a moment. You know, Daniel Bryan had a great quote. He said that um, there, you'll see more wrestling in two hours of AEW than you will in five hours of, of WWE. And, and, and you will. And you will like the and the thing, the brilliant thing about Tony. Um, and I won't stay on it too long because people, you know, people will kill you about being on any side of anything. But um, Tony, Tony, his system of only selling, only signing really good talent, one and two, keeping the win loss record um, is a brilliant, brilliant thing because it creates. Um, and I'll add a third thing. The third thing being having true wrestling matches. Yes. Um, because the true wrestling matches with great talent 
that have wins and loss records creates a checks and balances situation. Yeah. Where everyone on your roster gets to showcase how good they are. Mm-hmm. And you can never fall into a place where somebody's losing too much or not winning enough because you have everyone's wins and loss records for the year. Yeah. So now you can really take a look like it's as much for us as it is for him. Mm -hmm. Because now he can look every week when you're booking the show at who's losing too much, who's winning too much, or like who's a, who needs a push. You know, you can decide all those kind of things from the win and loss record. You can look at this kind of stuff and be like, yo, he's lost three weeks in a row. Maybe we put him on dark against somebody to get his record straight and get the people back on the side before it gets too out of hand. Like you have systems now where you can make sure everyone on your roster is good, even if not everyone's getting a push. And I feel like it's a it's a fantastic system. Yeah, he, he does a good job with that system. But yeah, Britt Baker, Abaddon, they tore the house down. Um, lots of great spots. It was as aggressive as a match can get with the thumbtacks and the weapons and whatnot, but they it, they also made it a wrestling match, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, the thumbtack, the thumbtack of, what was that? The uh, I guess it's like kind of like a rock bottom or a urinagi. Mm-hmm. Um, urinagi. And then you hit. And then you had the uh, Britt Baker putting the thumbtacks in Abaddon's mouth and, you know, super kicking her. Britt Baker, of course, comes out on top, has to look big, has to look strong before her uh, women's title match with Ty Conti, which I'm not going to lie, I'm rooting to the heavens for Ty Conti. I was about to say, do you think Ty Conti's going to win? Yeah, I feel like Britt's had it long enough. You know, she's made her mark with the title. And I think it's Ty Conti's time. I yeah, think she's right. right. Like, I love everything. Like, we just praise Britt Baker for everything she's done for the division. Mm-hmm. Um, but she can't be the only one, right? No, she can't. We got to let, we got to, we got to see who else can carry the torch for a little bit. And I, and I would say that, uh, you know, it, it'd be like Tony looking out for another ex-WWE person. But I kind of don't want to lump Ty Conti into the WWE person's category because they really didn't use her. No, like, and and I'll agree with you there. You really cannot count Ty Conti as a WWE person. Like, if anything, she's more AEW than WWE. Yeah, because more people know her through AEW than WWE, I would. I would believe. I would believe. Like, we know her from that, but we're, like, so in-depth, you know? (laughs) Yeah, like, we... We know anybody that was associated. Yeah, I'm Um, pretty sure if you go to a random person, right, like, if I was to go to my brother and say, hey, where do you know her from? He would say AEW before he said WWE. Right. So, but, yeah, I think it's her time, man. I think Ty's ready, and... I want to see it. I, I want to see it happen. It'll it'll bring a smile to my face. Yeah, man. I I'd like to see it too. It 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 needs to be passed. Um, I think Britt Baker has become so strong she can stand on her own now. Yeah. Um, 
and but Ty Conti, she I mean she needs the she needs that extra level. Yeah. She's been work, she's been at this like glass ceiling spot too long not to get a belt. Yeah, she's been there for a while now, right? Right. And she's not in the TBS um tournament. So give her the belt, man. Give her the yeah. belt. Yeah. And I, I think that's a I think that's another reason why it's her time too. Because she's not in the tournament. And I, I also feel like they don't really have um their top face for the women's division. Mm-hmm. I think she's as a far good as, one. As far as main eventer yeah. comes into play. Like Britt Baker is is top of the tops, but she's a heel. Mm-hmm. You want a you're, level you're, where you can have that Austin Rock relationship where you have either way you can go. Yeah. And I feel like if you give Ty Conti um, the title and she can run with it, the way that she has been running with this um with this momentum mm-hmm. she can be that kind of person that can put on the same level quality matches as Britt Baker on the definitely. face side of things definitely so um so another match that happened was CM Punk versus Bobby Fish now this was an exciting match for me i'm not going to lie this was this was a match that was on paper that looked really good um, the match itself was a fairly decent match, but I think it ended pretty questionably, if I'm not mistaken, because I, there was a botch. And and I guess we can call this CM Punk's first official botch in AEW. But I don't think it was his fault because... So the ref goes for the count. One, two. Bobby Fish brings his shoulder up. And then they hit the three count. And mm. Punk just looks at the ref and he has this look like, are you fucking serious? Like, is this really what we're doing right now? Like, he looked visibly pissed off. And I guess there was some mis- miscommunication between Punk and the ref or, yeah, you know, maybe they were over for time or yeah, yeah, maybe the ref didn't know what the finish was. Somebody messed up somewhere. Somebody made a boo-boo. I got to go back and look. And see if there's a camera angle where you can see Bobby Fish's eyes and if they were open. Um, well, I've, from what I've seen, it was like right, the camera angle was at Bobby Fish and Punk's face. And you literally seen the shoulder come up. Like he, you could see visibly his shoulder come off the mat and mm-hmm. he kicked out. And the ref still brought his hand down for the three and called mm-hmm. for them to ring the bell. Like it, it didn't look like a. It didn't look like Bobby was out of it, and the ref called the made a call. Okay, like it doesn't look like Bobby was out of it. Bobby seemed like he was there. He just stayed laying down when he heard the three count. Yeah, because at that point you got to sell it, right? Yeah, like he looked over and everything, and he was like, "What the hell?" And Punk was pissed. So I I guess they, I maybe they, you know, just lost track of the time and went over for time. But I was confused as hell. Wow, I'd be like, upset too, man. Yeah, because when you're having a match with Bobby Fish, who's very a very skilled grappler, mm-hmm. you want to have as much fun as you can and make sure this is right. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've seen him. I, I got to see him go at it twice, and both were amazing matches. Bobby's Bobby's no slouch, man. If you get the opportunity to get in there with somebody who knows what they're doing, like Bobby Fish, 
you want to you want to really take your time to build a fantastic match and i think maybe the ref didn't know what the finish was and he counted he counted the three when he wasn't supposed to and uh if i was punk i'd be pissed because you just got in the way of like what was supposed to be a match that might have been twice as good and you cut Mm -hmm. it short yeah Yeah. and i've witnessed i think we've witnessed because you were there um we've witnessed what happens when um, a good match that could have been a great match could cuts early because of the ref. Um, yeah. Because we, I think it was Extreme Rules. Yeah, um, you're talking way about back uh, when AJ and Kevin AJ Owens and Kevin fought Owens. for the U.S. title. Yep. And the ref made the wrong call, called it too early, and AJ was pissed. So, yeah. <laughs> so I could imagine seeing Punk's feelings when looking at the ref, like, I can't believe you. Yeah, I remember that. You you literally hear AJ like, what the fuck was that? Yeah, he was he was absolutely pissed, man. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, when you guys. when you get it when you get a chance, you get, you definitely got to check that clip out. Mm-hmm. But speaking of punk, I guess we got another another feud with punk coming, or maybe in just another match. But I hope they make this an actual feud. I want this to be a feud. CM Punk and Eddie Kingston. Yes, sir. So. Like, um, I, I'll I, let you take the reins on this one. Yeah, I, I'll take the ball real quick. So, um, Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, is fighting Eddie Kingston um, in what I believe to be the semifinals um, of the World Championship Eliminator. Yeah. And doesn't he doesn't tap. He loses to Daniel to Danielson um, via triangle choke. But it's because he fainted. Yeah. Uh, he he went out of it, middle fingers up, um, true stone cold Steve Austin style, and passes out. And they give uh, Brian Danielson the win. Uh, and of course, Eddie, being the guy that he is, wakes up pissed. So he's, and unfortunately, at the time that he's uh, pissed going through the bag and wreaking havoc punk is trying to do an interview and uh-huh. they overhear eddie spazzing out um and i guess eddie thought he was making fun of him somehow he thought he was laughing at him or something he thought something was funny eddie comes over guns blazing gets all up in punk's face um and there's people holding eddie back pushing him away and punk is just uh uh disappointed Mm-hmm. he's disinterested he's disappointed he's he's annoyed um and clearly this isn't over because uh you know it, it would be feel like a one-off if punk had never said uh i'm disappointed in you, you yeah should, you should what do you say you could you should know better than this or something like that like something very like fatherly that <laughs> I would not have said to Eddie Kingston. Yeah. But then earshot. Like just just some very not I don't want to say disrespectful things, but just it it was slightly disrespectful. Like I would Yeah, it definitely as was. As a veteran, I would have been very I would have been very heated about the things he said. He mm-hmm. was very he was very um he was stunning him. He was stunning him. Yeah. 
and that doesn't go over well with my guy. So <laughs> I would expect a very, a very, I, I mean, give me, give me three months. Give me three months. Yeah. Give me three months because they're both veterans. Yeah. They're both veterans. Eddie hasn't had a good feud since Miro. Um, and Punk's doing nothing. Like, yeah, like, you you just you're just fantasy booking him every week. He needs an actual feud. Yeah, he needs an actual feud against the guy he can beat that no one's gonna be upset about. You know what I mean? And Eddie needs something to do. Like, mm-hmm. have these guys go at it because the same point Taz was trying to do with the whole um team Taz thing. We was tired of the come out every week, happy to see you, happy to be here, bull crap. Eddie is a better promo one yep. and somebody that can really get in the ring and deliver those kind of points physically in a match with Punk. So you can run this whole storyline of transitioning CM Punk into the happy to be here guy into um, wanting to win, wanting to be here, knowing, remembering why he got back into this. Yeah. And Eddie's the perfect guy to do it. And you should have Eddie win the first match. I mean, that's just me fantasy booking. Yeah. But think of it this way. Well, yeah, you, you got to the happy to be here guy. He's disappointed in, in Kingston and the way that he acts. Why are you so um, explosive? Why are you so unprofessional? And Eddie can be like, F you with this happy to be here bullcrap. I'm upset because I'm not just happy to be here. I'm here to win something. Mm-hmm. you're here just to be here. Yeah. They get into it that first time and Eddie um, beats Punk for his sheer will to win because he's here for something. He gets, he's pissed off. He's Punk is coming to this all emotionless and blah, blah, blah. And Eddie can, uh, Eddie can get a roll up or something uh, and embarrass Punk. Mm-hmm. And then give Punk his first loss. And then Punk can come back, like, remembering why he's here and beat Eddie the next time. And then they can have a tiebreaker. Yeah. But I feel like it's it's something for them to do. It'll take you three months to your next big pay-per-view. Um, and it can realign everyone to where they're supposed to be. It's good for Eddie. It's good for Punk. Um, and you don't have to waste your time figuring out what to do next with CM Punk. Yeah. I mean, that's just me fantasy booking, but I feel like that's a great idea. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's about time it comes for him to have a feud. And the, the Eddie King, if it's an Eddie Kingston feud, I wouldn't be upset with it. I think it'll be pretty good. You know, Eddie can talk. Punk can talk. You know, they can shoot on each other, and then they can and the have a... the will be amazing. And then you can have a banger of a, of a feud between those two. So Yeah, the if promos decide, would be amazing. The promos would be amazing. If they do decide to make that a feud, I'll be here for it a hundred percent. I think th- I don't think I'd be um, as excited to hear them speak. I, like I wouldn't. I've never. I wouldn't have been. I'm trying to figure out how to word this. Um, if they do this, and they have them feud, I'll be as excited to hear them go back and forth on the mic as, as I was, mic. as I was when uh, Rock and Cena were going back and forth on the mic. 
Do you remember like the because you wouldn't be excited from the uh get into it every week because you knew that wasn't gonna happen. <laughs> they not touching yeah. each other till mania. Yeah, you just you, you just know that the verbal exchanges are gonna the, be something of gold. Exactly. But whenever the rock or the Cena promo is coming up during that time, it's it's gonna be some fire. Mm-hmm. So you gotta be there for that. So that's that's how I would feel if they if they actually do this and they yeah. have this verbal sparring match for a few months. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, last on the AEW docket, Darby Allen returned. Um, so basically, Sting came out and started beating up the, uh, I guess, the three main members of the Pinnacle. And, you know, uh, MJF ran away, ran to the crowd. There's this thing that's wrapped up like a mummy takes off the hat, undoes the wrapping, and it turns out to be Darby Allen. Mm. Comes in, chases MJF up the ramp, brings back the thumbtack skateboard, and just whacks the holy hell out of Wardlow. And if you look on Wardlow's social media, you can see that that did some damage because even still in the dress shirt, you see all the thumbtack marks. Mm. And then, you know, him and Sting had their moment. Uh, so I, I don't know if this is going to lead to a, a handicap match like it was with Team Taz or if it's just going to be the one-on-one. Uh, what do you think? Where do you think this is going to potentially end up? Um, so they they haven't announced like the official match, right? No. Right. That's still up in the air. Um, I don't know. Do I want to see... Because I, I'll tell you what, I really want to see MJF versus Sting as an end game to this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love Darby. He's one of the pillars. Um, the Darby comeback is always awesome. I don't know. I, was, I don't know how they're going to write this. I was going to say, uh, what you could do is I would have kept Darby off TV for a little bit. And then let him and Sting have the match, have him beat Sting. Because, mm. you know, Darby, or not Darby, because uh, MJF needs something right now. He needs he needs a win in a feud. Yeah. I would have had him beat Sting, like beat him bad to the point where he has to be off TV for a little bit. Mm. And then have Darby come back, bad out of hell type of vengeance. Right, uh, and, right, and, right. When, and when they have their match, at whatever pay-per-view, that's when you bring Sting back and Sting mm. helps Darby win. That's, like that's that. what I would have did. I like that. Yeah, yeah. That would have been a way to write it. Um, so that he can have a singles with both of them. Yeah. Now then, how do you do it? Because that's what I thought was going to happen. I thought they were going to kidnap Darby, um, which they did. And then they go at it with Sting one-on-one. MJF beats Sting. And then it's the wrath of Darby Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, and they cut it kind of short, surprisingly. I did not expect Darby to just come back one day. Yeah, um, just pop up out of the blue. Especially since I don't think... Well, they got full gear coming up. But that's in another two weeks as we're recording this. So yeah. feels a little early. But um, if they do a handicap... I 
I mean, they could I'll be honest. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be happy, but I would still watch it. I feel like it's going to be amazing. But I, I, I would have liked yeah, the singles matches did, better. Yeah, they did pretty good with the Team Taz one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that cinematic street fight thing was pretty cool, but I don't know. I, I like the singles approaches better. Yeah. But this is this is where it gets tough when you when you have a faction and then you know you gotta fight just one person. That's mm-hmm. where it get, that's where the, the line gets tough. That but that's just something they gotta work on. Trial and error, you know, yeah. it's still relatively and, early for them with that. Unless they pull something next week to just take sting. Yeah, you could do that. But I feel like that that would be recycling. <laughs> but I feel like that would have been, you know what I mean? Just the hey. WWE recycles all the time. Why can't AEW, right? Right. They can recycle once. Um wait, hold on. Let me not be let me not be mean to WWE. I'm sorry. That's, that's true. That, we that's... got a lot on them later. Let's let's yeah. not let's not kill them. Um no, but yeah, but... We'll, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, ho- hopefully something good comes from it. So now we'll jump into the NXT and they had their uh Halloween havoc. Mm-hmm. Um wasn't a terrible show, in my opinion. Could have done some stuff better, but I like the fact that they let uh, Braun uh, Breaker get followed around by the Chucky doll, like, like, like his it happened, did, like yeah. his dad did. That was pretty cool. Yeah. And then Toxic Attraction. Yeah. Get people over there, man. I don't know what happened, but don't we always say sometimes a move down to NXT can better somebody? Yeah, man. Listen, the 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 basis is this. If you're good, um NXT will be good for you. Mm-hmm. Um if you're bad, you're probably never going to be seen from again. Yes. <laughs> That's basically how it works out if you ever go down to NXT. Um if you're good like Mandy Rose, it shows. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're terrible, like the other half of the functed dactyls and even Marie, you'll likely be off TV pretty soon. Um, but this worked out for them. Um, not surprised about, you know what, I can't even say that. It, anything that happens in NXT 2.0, I really have like, zero i have zero commitment to any storylines and what the outcome should be because i no longer trust the people booking the show but (laughs) well none of us trust the people booking the show i no longer trust it dude i thought braun breaker was going to be the new nxt champion i'll be fully honest with you um because i have no faith in in full writing and they just kind of wasted a wrestlemania quality match to me but Anyway, I digress. Back to the toxic attraction. Um, I all the only person from that group that I really had a lot of um, hope in was uh, Gigi, mm-hmm. um, who I'm glad won the tag team titles. I'm glad Toxic Attraction is doing well. Um, I'm glad Mandy Rose has proven herself to be a competitor and a good wrestler. Um, great for her dyeing her hair um was the best move she's probably ever made as far as talent uh and yeah. true consideration is concerned um 
because she always had the talent, but she never was taken seriously uh, until she dyed her hair, at least to me. I was very much more a Sonya Deville person until that happened. Um, yeah, yeah, I, that I understand. But this this night solidified her, and I feel like this pay-per-view drew things kind of fast. Um, I felt like it's great for them that they were able to corner the NXT women's wrestling market, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I felt like was Halloween having really the place to do that? It's like the first pay-per-view with the new Ross. But then again, like I said, I, you know, I don't trust anybody in Bucking anymore. So whatever they well, do. Well, I, I wouldn't, do. I wouldn't have considered that their pay-per-view just for the simple fact that it was on a weekday. <sighs> I mean, I mean, if that is their, if that is their goal with the pay-per-views mm-hmm. now, a little weird, but okay. But I, I for one didn't think that was their pay-per-view, but I mean I, I feel like they run their they're running their thing like AEW now. Probably more like, more than like AEW has pay-per-views, but they also have like week pay-per-view pay-per-views. Yeah, like pay-per-view like, quality you know I mean? for yeah. free. Where they'll call it something extra and it'll just yeah. be like a pay-per-view that they don't put on pay-per-view. Yeah, like Battle um, at the Beach. Yeah, so that's that's what that's I feel like that's what this was. This was their pay per view that wasn't on that a Saturday. Paper, yeah. yeah, so mm-hmm. um, for me, that it, I mean, I felt like it was fast. It was the first big event, but happy for them regardless. Um, I'm glad Tommaso didn't lose. Um, mm-hmm. I, Even though you thought Braun was gonna win. I, I truly did. Like, listen, this Braun Breaker's buildup in Triple H times, I felt like they would have, like, really drawn this out until, like, their biggest thing. Because yeah, from the first episode of NXT 2.0, uh, Braun Breaker was that dude. Like, you could tell. Like, you, mm-hmm. like this is their guy. This is, this is their yeah. hangman page. Yeah, like, this you, is their you, guy. you could tell that they had certain people that were like favorites in their eyes, like your, your Braun Breakers, your Parker Bordeaux, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like this was going to be the dude. The dude that looks like Scott Steiner's son, but is somehow not Scott Steiner, not Scott Steiner, Rick, uh, Rick Steiner's son is clearly, is clearly the guy. He's the one. Um, and I felt like because everyone watching the first episode knew that, mm-hmm. you could kind of draw that out a while. He could um, potentially have a better career than his father. Exactly. I felt like there was a lot of potential there. And y'all just kind of destroyed it with the first thing. But yeah, whatever. Like, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> like I said, don't trust the people booking the show anymore. So it was fake. Hey, maybe you uh, could bounce back. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. But, you know, if it doesn't work, uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Why, I, hear, I don't know. To quote Kurt Angle. I hear TNA is hiring. Right, it just didn't work out. I don't. I don't know what happened. I. I really hope he worked. You know, it reminds me of Cesaro. Um, <laughs> we, we we damn it, we not going there. We are not going there. How do you think that's a Cesaro? Well, um. Anyway, 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 anyway. Very happy for Toxic Attraction. Um. Very happy Tommaso kept his belt, but there is. Um, a person we're not talking about. Let's let's point the direction to him. Yeah, uh, somebody that I know we're both very high on. Uh, Solo 
Solo Sequoia, I, I don't want to butcher that name, formerly known, well, basically, the the third Uso brother. He's Sifa Fatu, guys. He's Sifa Fatu. I'm sick of this thing where we disassociate people from the families. It's Sifa Fatu. It's the third Uso. Solo Sequoia, whatever they want to call him, he's Sifa Fatu. <laughs> okay, stop okay. doing it. Braun so, Breaker is a Steiner. <laughs> He's a Fatu. Let's stop doing this thing where people that clearly look like their family members are called something different. I'm sick okay, of it. So, it needs to stop. So, aside from the name change, are you happy that this man is finally on TV? Uh, I am happy about that, though. I, I'm happy about that. Um, I felt like he could have had a better debut, but. The I was family say, is happy about it, so you you oh, know in up. Vince's world we can't have our cake and eat it too. We can, yeah, it's yeah, either one yeah. or the other. Yeah, and but in I'm a glad. perfect world we would have the you know we would have the great debut against uh, a great competitor and a and a great match that was ultimately a squash match, but really represents everything the character is about in and out of the ring. And instead, we got like a five minute segment. But it's cool. The family was cool about it, so I'll be cool about it. It is what it is. He looked great. My thing is, you can't really call him Fatu because none of the none of the Fatu people were called Fatu. They were just called like you know, Afa Sika. Okay, Roman well, he's Sifa Uso. I mean, what do you? <laughs> no, honestly, I would have I would have made his name be something else with a J. Just because you got the Jimmy Uso, you got the J Uso. Well, I think his I actual name is does begin with a J. Like I like I, I would have called him like I can't call him John because what's the name's real name is John. Exactly. Um, that's the that's the conundrum. You didn't call the other Usos by what they should have been called. So now you can't call him his actual name. And you can't you can't it call sounds him like Jacob. one of their names. Well because I think you, his is like Joseph. Jimmy J. Because I think it's Jonathan. It's a. Uh, it's a. Uh, was it? One's Jonathan. Um. One's Joseph, and one's some other J name. I'm trying to think here. Can we? Let's see. We can't do John. Can, can we do Joey? Joe. Joe. Maybe. Joey Uso. Joey Uso. Joe. Joe Uso. Jimmy J and Joey. Yeah. 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 That work. Yeah, but. Either way, I'm glad he's here because we we called it when when he was looking around and getting signed to places that we knew he was going to be something great. Yeah, um, we predicted AEW though, so yeah. yeah, that was that was a boo boo on our part. But but you hey. know what is is fine because I, they got too many goddamn people. Let let me tell you. Yeah. Uh, so so come to find out, um, Sifa and. Um, which I mean, I guess we already knew, right? Um, mm-hmm. Besides Sean Maluda, besides Sifa Fatu, besides Jacob Fatu, there's another Samoan mm-hmm. out there that is very prominent, also trained by Rikishi, um, who's called the Samoan Lion. So, and he's been on AW Dark. I think he's like a. a, a So it's not Tonga. 
it's not it's like toa fatu mm. um the samoan lion so he's been on aw dark so that's probably the one that they're gonna sign mm-hmm. so that there'll be a samoan in every every damn, leg of the indies d- damn near every promotion you except for to, maybe i mean you can triple impact right it's ridiculous impact impact would probably be the only promotion right now that doesn't have a samoan <sighs> at least at least a samoan that's in the samoan dynasty yep yep they'd be the only one they'd be the only one and impact got to catch up man there's too many of them out here yeah because mlw got it wwe aew new japan mm-hmm. yeah they, they'd be the only ones wow Impact, yeah. get your shit together. Get us right. Samoan. Get it together, man. Get us, get us Samoan. Round out. The, that's why you're not where you're supposed to be. <laughs> you don't have any Samoans over there. Because you're missing the Samoan aspect. That's a huge part of the crowd. Got to get that Samoan. Um, but but very happy for uh, for Solo Sequoia, or Solo Sequoia, whatever they're calling him. Um, he looked great. He looked different from the Usos. I... I support the decision to go blonde hair mm-hmm. um that really i mean it doesn't really i mean you still look like the usos but yeah but, but it that, it, it, it kind of it kind of separates you from them them damn um, genetics i tell you i mean you can't you, they all look the same man they really do yeah um <laughs> but but it, it 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 separates him enough um to do what they got to do with him and uh make him stand on his own so um I don't know how long he's going to stay down there, but great showing. Hopefully they put him in a match soon and we can like really see if the guy can go, which is what I was hoping for. Um, instead of him slapping around some vampires. Um, but we'll, we'll see what they do with him. Yeah. Um, so now we're going to jump into the main roster news. Uh, the first thing I got to say is Pat McAfee is commentary gold, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I sent Stevie Jobber a clip from SmackDown, and it was just, I think it was like 40 seconds. I was titled like 40 seconds of Pat McAfee commentary gold or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a tag team match. I guess it was like a Halloween street fight or something. Between Nakamura, Boogs, and Happy Corbin, and Madcap Dummy, I mean Moss, and uh, Nakamura was going to get hit with the bowl of candy, and he kicked it, and Pat McAfee comes out and says, 65 cents worth of candy was just kicked into the crowd, (laughs) and then uh, I don't know who in their right mind told this man it was okay to sing Lil Wayne's Goon to a Goblin on commentary. Like, this man just out of nowhere. Okay, you're a goon, but what's a goon to a goblin? Nothing. Nothing. Like, I'm like, wait, hold on. Did I just hear that correctly? Yeah, you, you know what it made me think? Um, one, that I'm I'm so over Happy Corbin and, and Mad Cat. It looked like they got stuck in the 60s and just never left. I'm so sick of them. Um, but I mean, it also made me think, you know what the best, uh, most, <laughs> the most culturally relevant commentary team would be? 
What's that? Pat McAfee and Moro Ronaldo. Like 21st century references out the ass. And like every match. And you know and what? the energy would... of Moro Ronaldo would just feed into the energy of Pat McAfee and it would just be so terrible. Like <laughs> that is where you put Corey Graves in the middle. Because Corey Graves would just be annoyed as hell. He he would be the Byron in that in that circumstance, I guess. Listen, you want to really tackle the demographic? <laughs> 18, there was a 18 and 35. Yeah. Pat McAfee and Moore Ronaldo on Very true. They would have all the pop culture references of our time. Pat McAfee would have all the energy. More Ronaldo would have all the wrestling chops and pop culture references. They would tear it up as for the 18 uh-huh. to 35 demographic. Um, but yeah. I do like the balance of Cole, who's like not hip at all, with, <laughs> with Pat McAfee, who's like the coolest guy. So very funny. Very funny. I like I it. I don't know why. He, I like it. I was going to say, I don't know why he kept going. Like, I thought the Goon to a Goblin was where it was going to stop, and then he just kept rapping the song. Yeah. I was cracking up. And, uh, yeah, he just... Pat McAfee is commentary gold, man. If y'all, don't, if y'all don't like Pat McAfee, y'all need to reevaluate something, because having that man on commentary for any show is, is like comedic gold. I would keep him on SmackDown, but any show is comedic gold for Pat McAfee. Absolutely. Um, so... Another thing I want to discuss on Monday Night Raw, their season premiere, which I don't know why the hell we're still calling it a season premiere. I don't know. Um, I went into this show not with many high hopes for the main event, just because, you know, it's always lackluster, or at least it has been the last few months, years, decades. But uh, anyway, um, they actually had a great main event. I mean, and they, they did up the ante, like Sonya Deville was saying. Mm-hmm. So if you guys didn't catch it, it was Rey Mysterio versus Finn Balor versus Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. Yeah. Now, that, now just those four alone would be a decent match in a, in a fatal four-way environment. Just mm-hmm. That'd be a decent match in and of itself. But then they're going to up it and make it a ladder match, and the winner gets to fight Big E. For the title. Mm-hmm. Now, this was kind of a surprise because I can't remember off the top of my head the last time I seen a ladder match without a title or a briefcase. Mm. Like that was just random to me. And they hung a contract from the top of the ladder. I, I don't, I can't off the top of my head remember the last time I've seen something like that. Yeah, it was like, a I great. Like, it was a great booking decision. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. I'll give them that. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad they did it because, you know, it actually made the show worth sticking around for. Yeah. And, yeah. and you wanted to see what else happened. Yeah. I was, I mean, I thought they did a good job with it. This was probably one of the better main events that on Raw that they've had since, um... Since maybe Bobby won, since maybe Bobby winning the title. No, 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 I'll take that back. Biggie winning the title because Biggie won the title on a Raw, right? 
Yeah, he did. Okay, so this is probably the better main event since Big E winning the title on Raw. And mm. before that, Bobby winning the title on Raw. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad that they did that match. It was a great match. Uh, Seth came out on top. So now we have Seth Rollins versus Big E for the WWE Championship at a later date. They haven't made it official at when it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. My guess, maybe after Survivor Series. Probably, yeah. Because, you know, they still got to go through the Survivor Series uh, run. So maybe that'll happen or maybe they'll do it. Oh, damn. Now that I'm thinking about it. They were teasing Roman and um, Seth when they were both on SmackDown. I hope this doesn't mean that he wins the title on a Raw and fights Roman at Survivor Series. Mm. I don't think so. I sure hope they don't do that. Vince not going to mess up his money like that. Well, how much money there is. I'm saying it because the last couple years, they've done that. Remember, it was supposed to be Jinder versus Brock. And then they switched it. Great decision. But then it was supposed to be AJ versus Brock number two. They switched it and made it Daniel Bryan. Still a good decision. Still a good decision. Don't get me wrong. But the last two years, they've done it. Which makes me think, are they going to try to go for year number three? Because I'm under the impression somebody's losing a title right before Survivor Series. I'll tell you my logic as to why. Vince likes the new day. Yeah. Vince likes money. New day's feuding with Usos. It just makes sense that E would go into Survivor Series against Roman because why would you tease that, stop it all of a sudden to trade them away, and then have Big E still be champ when Survivor Series comes around? Because Vince. Unless you were still going to do. New Day versus Roman. And I would say, wrestling logic-wise, Vince wouldn't do something to make sense. But also, wrestling logic-wise, Vince loves the New Day. Everything mm-hmm. about them. And any, opp- inner, any opportunity to put them in the spotlight, he will take. So, yeah, I don't think he's going to do that. But I'll tell you this. Um, the latter match was a great decision. Uh, a fantastic match. It was great booking. And with that being said, I have a joke for you. Okay. Um, you ready? Okay. Listeners, are you ready for the joke? I think we're ready. Okay. Um, what happens when three irrelevant wrestlers and a winner walk into a ladder match? <laughs> what happens? The winner wins. Like, come, come on now. Come, come on now. Come on now. I'm a, I'm a little upset you called Finn irrelevant. But I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. Uh, fantastic match, though. Like I said, taking nothing away from the people in it. Most of them are Hall of Famers. But it's, it's kind of writing on the wall here. But Don't still, great booking. Great, great booking. Wall. I'm sorry, I had to. Yeah, no, it's it's a great song. I do love the song. Ugh, that was a guy that did, he could have been in the ladder match too. Same same joke, same joke would happen. Um, but but still still fun, still yeah. fun match. Great, glad they did it. 
um, even though it was kind of predictable that Seth was going to win. Yeah, um, yeah. But but to give it to the fans, you know what I mean? That's that's just great booking. Um, I had something written on here that we were going to discuss. Yeah. I just crossed it out and I, because I remembered something else happened on Raw that I'm finding very interesting. Okay. So I crossed this out and I put something else on this paper. Okay. We got a Damian Priest heel turn. Wait, what? Did I miss I, this? I, I think Damian Priest turned heel. Did he? Be, all right, so he had a he had an irrelevant match with uh, T Bar, but makes sense. But he came out, and he had a different kind of look to him, in a sense. Like his eye makeup was a little bit darker, and. He had sl- he had way more aggression than normal. Like mm. he didn't beat T Bar. He beat the living piss out of T Bar and oh. wouldn't stop. Oh. So I don't know if they're just doing this for Survivor Series to have the heel versus face mid card champion. But a lot of people were talking on Instagram and they were like, "What's what's wrong with Damian Priest? What's happening with Damian Priest?" And then somebody said. What side of Damian Priest are we looking at now? Me, mm. remembering the Damian Priest of old, I said, you know what side this is? Punishment Martin. Martinez. So I think we're getting the Punishment Martinez side of Damian Priest and WWE. Because mm. we haven't seen him as a heel yet. At least I don't think. No, no, we haven't. And I want to see it. I'm here for it. Okay. Okay. It would keep him relevant. Yeah. It's it's a it's a switch up because, you know, he won the title. He got the happy somber moment as a face. Mm. He got to go to, you know, his home island, Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. as a face. Mm-hmm. So now that he's back in the States and Survivor Series is coming up, mm-hmm. you normally have to do a heel versus face for Survivor Series with these matches. Right. Um, and you're not turning Nakamura heel again. Cause you see no. how well that worked the first time. Yeah. So what other thing can you do? A guy who's been a heel before a guy who knows how to be a heel had mm-hmm. success as a heel. Let's turn him heel real quick for survivor series. So I'm happy to see punishment. Martinez make he'll beat return. Nakamura. I'll tell you. Oh, that. Yeah, he'll, He'll beat the he'll beat the dog S H I T out of Nakamura. Um. Okay. If that's what we're getting. I'm I'm here for it. I'm here for it. It'll keep him relevant. I like Martin, yeah. I, I like punishment Martinez. I, I forgot to mention that to you, but I had something on here, and I forget what you just said that made it click in my head. Oh wait, that happened, and I didn't write it down, so I crossed out one of the things I had written, and I just put that there. Gotcha. Yeah, but I I like it. I dig it. I dig it. Um, I'm the last... I was going to make a joke about um, uh, maybe he switched gear with Rhea Ripley again. Oh, God. And that's why it was so aggressive. This is his, <laughs> this, this is his brutality? This is his brutality. <laughs> oh, man. This is, this is Damian Priest's brutality. It's not punishment. It's brutality. It's punishment brutality. It's, <laughs> it's not brutality punishment. Brutality Martinez. It's brut- 
Oh my God, no. <laughs> Brutality Martinez. Oh, snap. That'd be hilarious. Uh, the, so the last thing I have on the docket, bro, as we see, Xavier Woods became king of the ring. Mm. So this was just a thought that I had. Given the accolades of everybody now, you got a former WWE champion with Kofi, the current WWE champion with Big E, and the current king of the ring. Is New Day the greatest WWE faction of all time? New Day is the greatest WWE faction of all time. If there was anybody that was questioning it, let me clear it up for you. New Day is the greatest WWE faction of all time. It's statistically undeniable. They are the greatest WWE faction of all time. That being said, they are not the greatest wrestling faction of all time. No. Let's clear that up. Uh, um, but statistically, it, it, you, it is undeniable. Like, Yeah. Ugh, like, <laughs> I was going to say, because if you just look at the resumes, you got, what, 11 tag titles between the New Day? Yeah. Probably Kofi, I would say, has like 13 because I know he won one with Punk mm-hmm. and he won one with um, Evan Bourne. Mm-hmm. So Kofi would be at 13 titles. I'm pretty sure Kofi's a Grand Slam champion. But they, they I mean, yeah, they produced Grand Slam champions, 11 tag team title reigns, two world champions, and a King of the Ring winner. Mm-hmm. It's undeniable. Like, I think the closest that maybe any faction could come to it in WWE would probably be DX. Because you got the two world champions, you got the multiple time tag team champions, but th- then they have, they also have more people. Yeah. But so, so here's the thing, too, right? Um, I say this, and it is absolutely undeniable. I don't count uh, WCW. I don't count WWF. I don't count. I really don't count anything. After evolution. You, you mean anything before evolution? Oh, before evolution. Yeah, I don't count anything yeah. before evolution. Okay. So then, all right. So then DX would automatically just be the exit. We're not, yeah, we're not counting. We're not counting that anything, anything before evolution. I don't, I don't count in contention with best faction in WWE. Well, it would be be unfair. Like, like I said, statistically, it's undeniable. They are the greatest faction in WWE history, but honestly, like, Counting any faction, evolution, and back, they fall to a lot of these guys. Yeah. So you kind of got to count them within a time frame. I mean, statistically, it's a, it's unfair. But who's, yeah. you know what I mean? Is that really, who, who are you chalking that up to? Yeah. Like, the Vince loves these guys. They were going to be, 
You know what I mean? Yeah, like, and I and I don't even think Vince realized how much he liked them when he first made them. Exactly. It was just one of those happy accidents that just turned out to be gold. Exactly. They became like the PG DX. So Yeah, pretty much. It was like what were you, what were you gonna do? Like what are you what are you what are you gonna do? I mean like instead, instead of crotch chopping or gyrating. Is, the merch is flying off the shelves. People love the hip twirling. There's people, there's grown men and unicorn headbands. Like we it's out of control. And instead of throwing glow sticks, we're throwing pancakes. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's it's it is what it is. It is what it is. But to generations, um, like I say, yeah, evolution and back. Like any generation after evolution, they're they're squashing them. Yeah. I hate to say it because there's some great ones. Like, and they fought with all of them too, though. So I can't mm-hmm. say that. Except for maybe the shield. I felt like they didn't mix it up with them a whole lot. Yeah. But, they 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 swamp the and the shield. Now that I'm probably, thinking about it. The shield is probably the closest in comparison to greatest faction of that yeah. era. Yeah, it's probably the shield, shield probably... or new day. Shield or new day. Yeah, I mean, me personally, I would say and that's for two different reasons. Yeah, and they're two different styles, two completely different, two styles. different, and totally two totally different story arcs. Yeah, because the shield is one of the greatest factions of all time because they were so unbeatable for so long and they beat some of the greatest singles wrestlers of all time to become some of the greatest singles wrestlers of all time. Shield, Shield, on the other hand, I mean, New Day, on the other hand, was uh, dominant in the tag team division, like actually in the tag team division for so long and beat everybody in the tag division that they became one of the greatest tag teams of all time. And Shield was before the New Day too, because I remember right. Big, because I remember Big E helping out Cena when it came to the Shield. Right. So there's that. I mean, but they they clearly you can you can definitely put them over uh, the Wyatt family. Yeah, but that. But even then, Wyatt. like, see, this is what I'm saying. Like, like, yeah. undeniably, they are the greatest WWE faction. Statistically, they're the greatest WWE faction. But if you and put Vince's them up favorite. against. But if you if you put all the top ten factions in a list, and you put New Day against all the other factions, aside from uh, the Wyatt family and the Shield, they they probably losing. Yeah, I don't see New Day beating Evolution. No, I don't, I don't see, see them New Day. DX. I don't see New Day, and if they do beat DX, it's very close. It's very close. I don't see them beating DX. I don't see them beating. They definitely losing to the New World Order. Yeah, I don't see them beating the NWO. They might be legacy, but is that really saying anything? Not really. Legacy didn't do anything. Right. So, like, (laughs) so, like, what are we saying here? Like, you know what I mean? Like, we can say that, but then again, like, what are we really saying? Like, how it just kind of doesn't compare. Like, yeah. But they're the greatest of their era, no doubt. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. I just, I just I just figured I'd ask you. I, that that was a question that I had rattling on my mind. You you know will be um but yeah, like to answer the question, yes, they're the greatest WWE faction of all time. But um a tougher question, a tougher question would be are they the greatest tag team in WWE of all time. That's a tougher question. Mm, yeah, that that definitely would be a tougher one. 
Because honestly, as far as tag teams go, I put the Usos over the New Day. Yeah, if we're if we're just going off of like twosomes, just just two people. Yeah, I definitely put the Usos over. But that's just me. So, and, so and then maybe that's something to talk about. I feel like we could get we could get one or two guys on here for a special edition about that. Who's really better? Is it the New Day or is it the Usos? Yeah, that that might have to be something we do. We might have to reach out to a couple of our uh, supporters and see if they would wouldn't mind hopping on the show and talking about mm-hmm. that. One uh, of our esteemed colleagues. Yeah, uh, but that's pretty much everything we got for this week, guys. Uh, Stevie Jobber, you got any shout outs that you want to throw out there for us, good sir? I would. I would like to get into some shout outs. Um, first and foremost. Uh, as I always say, Doghouse Gaming for all your retro gaming needs. Uh, you can find them right on Facebook. Um, anything from Sega, uh, uh, Dreamcast, all, all that good stuff. I'm working my way up the generational systems ladder now. Um, Doghouse Gaming for all your retro gaming needs. I want to shout out from Twitter, uh, Wrestling Retweeter. Mm-hmm. I want to shout out. Um, the High Wrestling Podcast, Clark Street Wrestling Podcast, and um, let's do one more. Let's do Recharge Wrestling. Okay. Uh, those will be my three or four from Twitter. Uh, wrestling Retweeter, The High Wrestling, Clark Street Wrestling, and Recharge Wrestling. Gotcha. Let's uh, give it over to you. So my shout-outs this week, I'm going to shout-out some people, first and foremost, Dirty Heels Podcast. Congratulations, you guys, on your two-year milestone. So proud of you. Two years down, you guys are going to have many, many, many more to come. Super proud of y'all. Hope y'all keep up all the awesome work. Hmm. Off the Top Ropes Podcast. They got some great stuff. They just shouted us out recently as well. So go show them some love. Check them out. They do some great things. Um, A new supporter on the Instagram uh, page. The 1130 podcast, they talk all things wrestling and a little bit of other things here and there. So go check them out as well. And our boy Bobby Rassel's down there, all about wrestling podcast. He had an episode that just dropped yesterday. So you should go check that out. It's it's his Halloween episode, I believe. So definitely go check that out for sure. Um, That's everything I got for this week, man. Yeah, I think that's everything. You know what? Let me give one more while I'm at it. Um, the other day, mutual follower of the pod, um, that that '90s wrestling podcast, uh, got to 325 YouTube views. So shout out to them. Hey, um, there one you extra go. time for their achievement. And uh, I think that's it, man. I think that's all we got. All right. Um, well, guys, thank you for tuning in this week. This was a fun episode. Got to show WWE some love. Uh, Next week, we are going to be doing a special edition. It is going to be our Ring of Honor releasings discussion. I mean, we don't know what we're titling it yet, but that's just going to be the rough title for now. And we are going to have a special guest on that episode. D the Toy Hunter will be coming back and discussing these Ring of Honor, this Ring of Honor situation with us. And we'll see what we think is going to happen with ring of honor, what we feel like their plans are, and we'll just be breaking it down, dissecting it and 
giving our thoughts on it. So you guys definitely need to come back and check that one out. Uh, Stevie Jobber, you got anything else you want to say, bro? Um, I think you hit the nail on the head, man. Watch out for the YouTube channel. Um, go watch our last three videos if you haven't, including the special announcements ones. Um, because there's going to be the special editions um, slowly coming out on the YouTube channel. So watch out for yes. that, too. Yeah, definitely. We're going to start dropping some more of the special editions on there. Uh, some Wrestler of the Pod highlights, stuff like that. So you guys definitely aren't going to want to miss those. And like we said earlier, the website is up and running. So go over there, go check out the website. You can stay up to date on all the stuff we're doing over there as well. Mm-hmm. But that's and, pretty much it. And oh, check out some of Duke's amazing finds too, man. We don't talk about yeah. that enough on here. Yeah, I, I dabble. <laughs> I, I, I do okay sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, but definitely go check all that good stuff out, man. The hunts, the website, the wrestlers of the pods that we'll be uploading on there, the special editions. We're going to be doing a lot of fun stuff over there. So you definitely want to check that out. But that's pretty much it, guys. Thank you for tuning in. As always, stay up, stay blessed, and stay dangerous. Stay dangerous.